0: The Skill Trade Show. The Skill Trade Show. If you had to explain to uh, Joaquin Trujillo, who has never (laughs) messed around with Fantasy League football or ever been into football, really. I think I played tag football, was <laughs> <What's that thing? laughs> <laughs> But what is, what is fantasy
1: football? Oh, you just basically um, you know, picking different players from different teams that, that you are basically a manager of. You pick with different positions, and based on how they perform that week is how many points you get. So, so it's, it's it's players from different teams? Mm-hmm. Yes. My wife, when she like, what are you doing? Spending all this time, you know, watch. You know, I'm yelling for certain players, you know, to do well, and others not so to do well. How so, do you, what,
0: how do you? Who tracks the points on all this? It's
1: all done through the the app, through the website, and so. Um, yeah, so I did that, and then my uh, wife said, "Well, I'm going to try it." So I said, "All right." So I put together a, a family league, and there's no money involved. It's just bragging rights, and uh, I've got uh, my older brother, my younger brother, my son, my wife, uh, my son's wife, you know, my daughter's husband. Um, that seems like two a, two a nephews.
0: Big, that's a big fantasy league. Yeah, there's twelve teams, and
1: um, I think only one of them is not, only one person in the league is not related. You know, she, uh, she's just a really good friend of yeah. my my daughter
0: in law. It doesn't make sense not to have money involved at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, it's all bragging rights. And That's then cool. last year I, I built a trophy. You know, one of my woodworking projects. I built a trophy for uh, the awesome. for the league and. Um, so and it's a perpetual trophy. So each year the names are, are put on it, and this is our this is our twelfth year. That's super
0: cool. So like so the trophy moves from family
1: to family, huh? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, my son has it now, and so he renamed his uh, his team. Uh, he's called your champion.
0: That's so
1: that's how, what he wants to be, you know, referred to as. I'm your champion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a cool family project, so think, man. So that,
1: there's a picture of him holding the, uh, the trophy. <laughs> you you built
0: that trophy? Yeah. Oh my. That's pretty. That's that's uh that's really that's really impressive, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So it was.
0: Uh, that seems like a cool family uh, family project to do. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of fun, but uh, there was
1: a picture of my. A brick on the fan walk.
0: There you go. 49er fan Robert N Hansen, fan for life. We love you, dad. God family, God family and Niners. Are your kids in the trade?
1: No, my son uh, is uh, just uh, working to get um he's taken two tests. He's got a, one more test to take to become a financial advisor. That's cool. So um that, so my daughter is a uh, Marriage and family therapist, counselor.
0: Oh, that's really cool. You got to, You're like in, in-house everything. You have a therapist at home. <laughs> financial advisor at home. HR at home. <laughs> like fire alarm, yeah. fire yeah. alarm guru at home. Like that, yeah, that's awesome, a, man. Um, talk talk to me a little bit about how you how you got involved in the trades. I know that your your father worked. In, you were we were just uh, talking about how your father uh, was in the B one super classified. Um, project. Yeah, he was a.
1: When he retired, he was the chief engineer for the B one bomber. So he was an aerospace engineer. That's awesome. Uh, he also spent um, a little time doing some work on the space shuttle. Um,
0: That's super cool. Did so you,
1: yeah, so a lot of. Did lot you
0: ever get to visit him at, at work and see like what he was doing? Was uh,
1: like one time, they they let us. They had an open house, and you walk in, and they had sheets over all the desks. Because of the confidential information. So they made, you know, they had to clean it up and everything else. But
0: uh... that, you know, it always boggles my mind how, like, things are kept top secret. My brother, he is uh, uh, a mechanic by trade, but um, he's ventured off and he's he's worked with, like, BMW. And he started off at Toyota as a mechanic, then he went to BMW. Then to Tesla, but then he got recruited out of Tesla to go work for Apple. Until this day, I have no idea what he did there. <laughs> All I know is that he was he was at Apple and he really enjoyed the gym there. <laughs> but every time we try to talk about work, he's like, "Hey, babe, I can't, I can't talk about it." You know, like it's it's part of this whole confidential thing. So that must have been
1: uh, he shared what he could, you know, and he uh, you know had different publications that he subscribed to, Aviation Week and technology and stuff that, you know, and when things become declassified, he could talk about it, but... uh,
0: What would he push you to do? Like, being the fact that he was, like, an aviation engineer, uh, uh, you know, was he, like, hey, go to school, be an engineer, or... He he just wanted us to do what made us happy,
1: what we wanted to do, so, um, you know, yeah, he was, like get the education and everything else, and he provided for that. I just, I was studying to be a civil engineer, and um, I thought I was going to be building roads and bridges and stuff. And, yeah. uh How far did that go? Um, I got through three years of college, and uh, I just couldn't get past dynamics.
0: Did you do good academically, but ab- up to that point, like high school, middle school, you were? I was average. Yeah, I'd say I
1: just average. I mean, I I like to have fun and you know That's awesome. just hang out. But uh, I didn't put a, a whole lot in the study. And I did go back to college just before I took this job to uh, learn uh, CAD and Revit, so I could do design work.
0: So you you didn't you ended up in the construction industry, right? But you you ran into a trade. Uh, how, how did that How did that work for you? you just um, well I mean I, like I said I started in
1: uh, carpentry because I love working with wood Yeah. so I thought I'm going to build houses I've always wanted to build my own house and everything I yeah. mean pound the nails do everything um, but then they just didn't have enough work and they didn't have any work for us and so they said hey we got some work in electrical so I said alright you like a, uh, like I'll a, try that you know <laughs> I just I needed a job I needed to get some work and
0: stuff you know just, I, I think that that's awesome because, uh, you know, the availability of construction, you know, it's always at, at one's reach, you know, like, hey, like, um, I feel like it, it's always a good buffer, the skilled, the skilled trades, you know, like, hey, I always tell people, like, hey, I don't know what what to do, ah, go pick up a trade, go pick up a trade while we'll you figure it out, make some good money, learn a skill, you know, yeah. um, and uh, it, it, it's almost like a pattern I'm starting to see as I sit down and talk to people. It's always like, hey, you know, uh, they fell into a trade to just be able to get, uh, get, a, get a skill and be able to have a job, and then they fall in love with it.
1: Yeah, and I, 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 one of the benefits I found is being able to do my own work in my own house. You know, so many people, you know, they hire people like, oh, I got to pay a contractor how much money to do this or do that. And I could just figure it out and, and do it myself. And now, I mean, when I was first married, we bought this old house that was built in the 50s. And my wife was like, "What are we doing?" They called it the the haunted mansion. I mean, it was. You walk in, it had old paneling, you know, wood paneling on the. Uh,
0: it wasn't even drywall. It was like wood paneling.
1: Well, it was covering the drywall, and then uh, yeah, it was. It looked it looked horrible, and I'm like, "Well, we could do this, we could do that," and my wife couldn't see it and stuff. But and I started doing some work, and she it took her a while to to. Be able to trust me, you know. Like, I we had a, a kitchen faced the front yard, and it was just a simple sliding glass uh, window. Okay. And uh, we said, let's put a little garden window in there. And I had a neighbor of mine whose dad owned a door and window company that you know supplied windows and stuff for uh, Home Depot. And I so I said, hey, I need a custom window. Here's the size. He made it for me. Had it, and you know, I went and picked it up. And uh, I was like, "All right, here we go." And I started going outside and um, doing the, uh, you know, taking the window out, start busting up the stucco and stuff around there. My wife's like, "I can't stay here. I can't watch this." I said, "Come back in a few hours. We'll we'll be done." So my dad and I. You know, she left, and then I, we both busted out the window, and we, since it was custom-made, we knew the, the frame and everything, we slid it right in there, put it in there, and we even started to patch the stucco back, and the, she came in, she's like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. So, yeah, so then after that, and a couple a other huge things. huge
0: benefit, man. So you, you got into the carpenter apprenticeship work. you did electrical, uh, what was your first assignment? Do you, do you remember?
1: um and then i mean as an apprentice we would go from one job to another and they'd say okay you're going to be here for a couple of weeks and they only need you here or there so i don't remember which order it was but i mean it was like for two or three weeks i was on the shovel and then for two or three weeks i was a gopher just going to get conduit yeah. back and forth and stuff and then i finally got on no one really even let me t- touch a wire. You know, it was like, you know, some young kid, you know, just here, go go do this and that. And then, so then I got on one with one company, and the guy, you know, helped let me help pull wire. And we were doing um, uh, lighting and doing a lot of like uh, stadium lighting for like soccer stadiums. And we were oh, doing, cool um, Uh, tennis courts you know big poles and stuff and so we got used to getting up on a lift and mounting the lights and aiming the lights and all that other stuff and
0: this guy became your mentor and started teaching you the ropes of electrical getting away from the shovels yeah yeah.
1: so that was the first line I I probably spent maybe three or four months with that company and then um, uh, my girlfriend now my wife at the time um, she uh had a friend that was an electrician, had his own company, and and so he brought me on and worked out of his garage. And then his, his, his foreman, you know, said, "Here's you know, 40 feet of half-inch conduit." So while they're figuring out the job inside, you know, going over a bunch of stuff, he gave me a list and said, "Here, I need a, a three-inch offset. I need this and that." And, you know, so I sat there, and learned how to bend conduit, and that's cool and then uh, from there um got a job uh, working for a suppression company that did Halon suppression What is what is uh, fire alarm yeah, you know okay. but it's fire alarm but they also most of their job was suppression so like clean rooms and stuff like that where you have computers and stuff instead of having a sprinkler system okay they do a suppression system uh, Halon is no longer uh, allowed it's uh, I guess it depletes the ozone or whatever. So oh, they okay. come up with a new chemical, I got an FM 200. Okay. But uh, yeah, so then they had, I learned, started doing that and. The rest is history. The rest is history. So I've been doing that since 94, so. Man, the,
0: the, 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 over 20 years. Almost 30 years. Yeah. Be two more years, it'll be 30, 28 years. That big 30, any any, any big plans for your, for your 30, uh, 30th career birthday?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but my thirty-year anniversary, wedding anniversary is coming up.
0: That's cool, That's man. What, what are you guys doing for that?
1: Uh, going to uh, Europe. Oh, you you mentioned that you're gonna do a crow. Going, flying to Romania and going to Transylvania for a couple of nights, and then uh, doing a two-week river cruise. That's uh, basically awesome. from the Black Sea, going through Croatia. Uh, Serbia, Bulgaria, and ending in uh, Budapest
0: in Hungary. Well, it was really nice meeting you, man. You know, <laughs> no, you. <laughs> it was yeah. like, what happened to Rob? Ah, uh, you know, he went to Transylvania during October, man. The, you know, it's, uh, you're visiting uh, Dracula's castle? Yeah, the that's right. Cool, yeah, Vlad the Impaler. Whew, that's, that's crazy, man. It'll be uh, really cool to see some pictures, man, when I mean, you go. Um, I'm super intrigued that all the um, celebrity pop ups have happened in your life. <laughs> how, how many? Just We could just count them. Um, how many? Uh, celebrity homes have you been in or people have you ran into in your life I say well
1: i grew up down the street from tiger woods okay so he my best friend lived just a few houses down from him i passed his house walked past his house every day and You were going talking, to school so you
0: talked to him occasionally you know? nah he's he's about
1: seven years younger than i am so uh you know a couple times we'd see him out and say "Hey, tiger but that was about it he wouldn't know probably wouldn't know who i was but yeah. uh he's missing
0: out yeah <laughs> I mean, I it's his last man. <laughs> yeah. No. Um,
1: let's see what are the celebrities. I see. I put in a, a sprinkler dialer system. You know, to monitor the sprinkler system in Sylvester Stallone's house in Malibu.
0: How do you land those gigs? How does <laughs> the, that work? The
1: company just says, "Here, we got this. You need to go install this at this address."
0: And so, so, so you show up. They mm-hmm. Show up,
1: and then they have a uh whoever the house caretaker is you know they have a property management company and you know he wasn't there so they it get all the workers there when they, when he's not there and so i walked in and you know in his garage and had a pretty nice motorcycle in there and a couple of maybe another car or so but um and he also that's where he, i guess he was doing a lot of his painting and stuff oh, but, cool. but yeah so i set up the system you know, in, in there, and back then we didn't have cell phones, so I had to go in to make sure that they're receiving signals at the central station, and the guy didn't want to let me in the house. I said, well, i got to call make sure it's working. So he said, all right. So he let me in the house, just in the front door, and, and sure enough, there was a big painting of Sylvester Stallone in front of an American flag, and a uh, rocky statue, and boxing gloves and stuff.
0: But, That's super uh, cool, man. That
1: is cool. That's yeah. cool. And then, uh, let see what I... Oh, I uh, ran into uh, Muhammad Ali and shook hands with Muhammad Ali. That,
0: that's crazy. What, what was that?
1: That was in, in Louisville, Kentucky uh, for a fire alarm company, uh, Service Firetronics, and it's now Siemens. Um, but uh, we were replacing the fire alarm in the, uh, in the Hyatt there. And some guy comes and says, "Hey, Muhammad Ali's in the in the gift shop." That is crazy. So I'm like, what? So we went out there. Sure enough, there he was. So we Dude. talked to his wife and said is it okay to approach him. And he said, "She said, yeah." And so we just went out there and I said, "I just want to shake your hand." You know, just nice to meet you. And, you know, and he was like gracious and satisfied. So and cool. signed another guy that was with me. Signed an autograph for him. But yeah, that was.
0: And that is super
1: cool, man. Tiger Woods, Silver so Surfer's home. That counts, man. I heard you're kind of a big deal in Chihuahua, Mexico, man. <laughs> uh, no, I. Um, yeah, we, we met a, a couple on a on a cruise, a transatlantic cruise that was from Chihuahua, and uh, we hit it off, had a great time, and then when we got back
0: home, you know, we kept in contact, and they that's super cool.
1: Come down and visit us. And
0: you know. how was that trip, uh, like uh, into Chihuahua? Or did you expect anything? You were just in your mind. You were just gonna go visit some friends in Mexico.
1: Well, we we drove. We were living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, so we drove down to the Mexican border. We parked our car on the American side and then walked across the border with our suitcases and stuff and. Uh, the our friend had a driver waiting for us.
0: Okay.
1: And so, you know.
0: First impression.
1: First impression, like, is this the right guy? Are we getting <laughs> in the right car?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I said, can can you call Pancho? He like, he's like, yeah, okay. And so he got him on the phone. I said, hey, I just want to make sure Am I get in the. The, this, right, you know, this is the right guy you sent for me. If you yeah. sent for us, so they said, yeah. So then it was a five-hour drive from the border down to there. house
0: What was going through your mind, man?
1: So we we got there and they asked my daughter because um, they told us to bring some nice clothes. We we're going to go set this bicentennial celebration, and we're like, all right and asked my daughter if she wanted to get her hair done because his daughter was getting her hair done. So I was like, sure. So she went to go get her hair done, and my son and I went with him and his son to their tennis club and, you know, went to the spa, whatever, and hung That's out. That's insane, got, man. got dressed up in yeah, our nice suits you, and stuff. Oh, you wore a suit, suit mm-hmm. and tie? Yeah. Boots? No, no boots. Just no boots. Nice shoes and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we had... Personal invitations to the uh, governor's palace. <laughs> that, like, is <laughs> so, that is insane. That is really crazy. So, yeah, after we after were all dressed up, we went back to their house, picked up the girls, and went down to the governor's palace and celebrated their, their bicentennial. And then uh, spent a couple of days with them, and then went down to uh, Copper Canyon. Okay. It's like the Grand Canyon, but down in, in Mexico. Mexico. And had a great time, That's awesome, rented man. ATCs and you know, ATVs. And
0: That's awesome, man. Are you still, are you still friends with, with, with this couple? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's pretty cool. That must have been a, a life-changing experience, man. Oh, yeah. How, how was the culture, like the the atmosphere? Were you involved? Did you feel little out of place, or you just drove right in, man?
1: No, I mean, we, we felt a little out of place. I mean, we kind of felt like the white trash, you know? Like, <laughs> Like, you know, this is, this is a nice, you know, this is really nice, you know. But uh, it turns out, like, his dad was secretary of state. That is crazy, man. The state man. of Chihuahua. And he, uh, but nicest couple, nicest family. That's awesome. Had a great time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest risk fa- factor when it pertains to farm? Or, you know how, like, in a, in a le- the electrical side of things, you could, and you have, like, a danger of, of release of energy to your body, like you know, being in shock, getting shocked, or electrified, or arc flash. What is that equal in the fire alarm world? Like, what, what can hurt you to that degree?
1: Um, fire alarm doesn't, uh, I mean, because it's low voltage, most of it's 24 volts. Um, I did do a system that was, they used to have a, a system that was 250 volts DC. Um, Yeah, I've been shocked a couple times by that, and that that was pretty bad, but, you know, that system's so outdated years ago. Um, But, no, the thing about fire alarm is not much that can hurt you, but if you don't do it right, you're putting other people's lives in danger. So if the system doesn't work properly, then, you know, if it doesn't recall the elevators properly, if it doesn't sound when it's supposed to you know, doesn't alert people to get out of the building, you know, if, if, if there's a failure, if you don't do it right, I mean, that's it's, one of the things that...
0: People's lives are, are, on the, are on the line, really, you know? Yeah. And it pertains to fire alarm, keeping people safe. Keep getting people safe. Um, what are all the things that encompasses a fire alarm system? Water.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we, we deal with the sprinkler system. We deal with mechanical, um, like I said, airflow, stair pressurization. It keeps smoke out of the stairwells. Um, we deal with elevators, recall, make sure it doesn't recall to the wrong floor. If there's a you know, if there's a fire on the first floor, you don't want the elevators to go, to the, you know, empty out on the floor that's on fire, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of involvement with, uh, you know, making sure and making sure that when the alarm does go off is getting the first responders there to the right location.
0: How does that system work? So, so let's say there's a uh, there's a fire in the building, okay, and so the first thing that detects the fire will be a smoke detector.
1: Typically, if if it has smoke detector, smoke coverage, okay. I mean, they have smoke detectors in there.
0: So then, from there, that that smoke detector will we'll, alert. Will you know, send a signal to the panel that there's an alarm,
1: and then that panel then depends how it's depending on how it's programmed will um, you know, activate and turn on the horns and strobes, or in some cases speakers and strobes, and then to alert people to get out of the building. Um, and then there's a lot of other Auxiliary functions that it does as well, it, you know, sends and at the same
0: time it, it sends a signal to a local fire fire department It sends it to a monitoring
1: station and then they In turn call the fire department if it's an alarm if it's like a supervisor or trouble, then they just notify the the building
0: Everybody wants to know this has never been a fire alarm You Remember when you were a kid and they told you not to pull the lever because it can- what really happens when you pull that lever, man? It, it's, it's Is it really scene. that much of a headache?
1: Well, I mean, it's not like you see in the movies where you, you have someone hits a pull station and then you see water coming out of the ceiling. No, it does not activate the sprinkler system. Okay. And I, every time I see that in a movie, I just I just, I just cringe. It's like, come on, people.
0: It's not... <laughs> That's not the way it works, man! <laughs> why do you the way why it works. Do you, yeah. Um, yeah. That's like one of the biggest misconceptions, you know? I grew up in a a multi-family complex. And, um, you know, as kids, man, you know, you you always pull the the lever and, uh, but the fire department never showed up, man. It was so, we were so disappointed every time, (laughs) you know? What, when so being that said, when you pull that lever, it goes to an internal phone first.
1: Well, no, you pull the lever, it goes to the panel, the panel then sends a signal to the monitoring company, and the monitoring company calls the fire, the department. fire department. Now, if somebody in the meantime sees it and says, hey, somebody, some kid pulled it, they're really going to say, okay, we'll stop the f- trucks from coming, and then, uh, and then you never see them. But, you know, I've had times where I've working on a fire alarm system, and um I call the central station and Hey, put the system on test. I'm just doing some work on it. And I'll be sitting there working and uh, no alarms going off in the building because I silenced them and whatever. But then you get the tap on the shoulder going, uh, Excuse me, I turn around and look, and there's the fire department. I'm like, I didn't call you. You know, you, this, this system was on test. You know, and there's guys sitting there like, Okay, you know, and call the central station and they record all their conversations and supervisor goes back listens to it because I tell him who i talked to and they said no you're right that is our crazy. screw up so that's <laughs> you know how
0: many movies the yeah. guy gets out of the building clear because he pulls a lever and everyone's getting rained on yeah i'm like man
1: yeah and that, that would be considered a deluge system and the only time you would see a deluge system because they they do exist where you can pull a pull station and It dumps water. Where
0: are those buildings at?
1: Those would be like an airport hangar, you know, some place where you pull it and they want water on it immediately. And that would be, you know, typically they could say an airport hangar and you'd see that. Um,
0: I'm writing it down, airport hangar. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then if you're lucky, they've got a foam system and you, you can look up a foam system gone wrong, you know, in the hangar. And it will fill the whole hangar with with foam. And one guy, they there's videos out there you can check it I'm out. Check it out. And uh, one guy had his truck parked outside the hangar, had his windows open, and the the foam just went rolled right out into the <laughs> truck. You know, he opened up the truck and you could see the, all the foam in it and
0: everything. Oh. But. Uh, when when do, is fire alarm allowed to be free air and when does it have to be in conduit? What what are the what are what is the code requirement on that?
1: Um, it it varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Okay. So some jurisdictions will say everything's got to be in conduit, and some I mean the national code is that you know anything above uh, seven feet you know can be free air. You know and this has to be you know mechanically protected. You know when you're. If you're gonna go
0: into a box, and it needs to not just enter the box, but need to have a, uh, adequate, I imagine, equipment uh, I mean, or something yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: but uh, yeah, if you're above a ceiling, and then, um, and typically, you know, you, you don't want to be seeing wires, and that's why a lot of times, like in garages and stuff, you you see it in conduit. Um, it also has to be protected depending on uh, the survivability of the, of the wire. If it's a high-rise or type of building, if you're gonna do what they call partial evacuation, where you don't evacuate the entire building, then it's, uh, the notification circuits have to have a two-hour survivability. So, um, but if it's a general evacuation,
0: as as the electrical industry continues to advance, right, and technology like light, lighting control systems, wireless uh, switches that communicate uh, to one another from different from different points, you know, um, where do you see like the fire alarm industry going? Is is it evolving at that point where it's like you starting to see wireless devices that communicate? And if so, what's the cost so I can present that to my fire alarm PM?
1: Yeah, yeah, trying to find an easy way out. Uh, yeah, and then uh, and then who's gonna pay for all the batteries for the? Yes, they do. They do make wireless fire um, really? alarm.
0: Okay. Um, I imagine it's not ideal for like multi-family. and uh, it's probably like a single homes and. Uh,
1: historical buildings, that kind of stuff where you don't want to run conduits and you know penetrating walls and that kind of stuff.
0: What are some of the and, and, and it's okay not, not to not to know if you don't, but it, I'm very interested to to know like where where technology is taking like fire alarm, you know, as far as like fire alarm
1: is not evolved. it doesn't evolve very fast. Uh, so it's um, be, it's very code driven. I mean, and obviously, it's got to be pretty robust and, you know, it's got to have durability durability, and, you know, um, you know, because you're talking life safety here, you're talking people's lives so you can't just, you know, it's like somebody loses cell coverage, like, oh man, I can't play my game on my phone or I can't make a right. phone call, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world, but if the device doesn't work and, uh, you know, People burn up and die, you know. Then, then it's a.
0: Um, what is one of the most complex systems that you've worked on, or what are your highlight jobs that you say, "Hey, you know, this is my, you know, pride and joy"? Aside from the Sylvester salon, home. That, that yeah, <laughs> that was just a minor <laughs> one. But
1: um, actually, when I got my, uh, I did uh, my major project right up for my nice at level four. Um, Certification. It was uh, I did the um, UPS hub okay. in Louisville, Kentucky, and that was I think at the time 2.1 million square feet under roof, single level. So that's where they bring up all the planes, and you know they could you know unload a plane and load it back up, to fly it out in an hour and a half, in 90 minutes, they could unload it. And the conveyor system in this building, in the buildings are just crazy. They had some conveyors that ran like 30 miles an hour. You know, that's, for for all like the letters and stuff. They, that's it's, huge. Yeah, and they uh, and seeing this conveyor system that they have inside the hub is just insane. And they could read barcodes on the, you know on any package, even if it was upside down, if it was on the you ever had like a
0: 360 scan, just go.
1: Yeah, they, didn't could, matter. How yeah they could, yeah, so, but trying to get, you know, there's a lot of panels covering a lot of areas, so um, a lot of power supplies, trying to synchronize them all, and.
0: Do you know, you know, like, uh, as it pertains to electrical, we have like uh, hazardous classifications one, two, and three. Do those things apply as well for fire alarm, or is it just like uh, one system kind of. No,
1: you—you I mean, you, you have intrinsically safe, you know, equipment. You know, if you're in a, um, you know, uh, explosion-proof room and that kind of stuff, you have different hazards. And,
0: um, That's super cool, man. You know, why do you think electricians are intimidated by a fire alarm? It's not because it's red. <laughs> it's a I, I don't know. It's, I think you just fear what you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're timid. You're you're a little bit shy, or you're a little bit. Everyone, when, when there's something put on your lap that you you don't know, there's a, always a certain insecurity, you know. Well, I think you know part of it is
1: is that it's um, it's very code driven, so knowing exactly where to put a device, um, you know, you can't have a smoke detector within three feet of a of a register. Or um, you know, just making sure that you're meeting all the codes and um, and there's no t tapping. You know, I mean, you can t- there's some t tapping in in some cases, but for the most part, you know, you gotta go in series. You know, hit all the devices, inline resistors. You know, it's very susceptible to ground faults and shorts and opens, and it's it's pretty technical, and you know, and it's it's not it's not difficult i mean once you
0: do it a couple of times you're like yeah it's nothing it's like, to it I it's a lot like i am excited you know but i'm a bit of a i don't know man i'm a, I'm a geek man i like the books you know I, I like to read i like i like the stuff but yeah there's a lot of codes
1: a lot of things to learn um some jurisdictions you know when you're they require at least somebody at a nice at level two or higher or something you know, some certification when working on it. Um,
0: how about um, it to be like a pro- to learn how to program and stuff like that? That's where I feel like uh, um, is there any type of certificate or accreditation that you need to be a programmer?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, when you're working on the system, you you, know, you should have been trained and certified on whatever system, whatever manufacturer. In, the, in their panel or system that you're working on, um, but no, it's um, and that's the fun part. I always enjoy, you know, trying to f- figure out if this, then this, is this, you know. You gotta, you know. One of the more complex jobs I did was uh, um, uh, down at USC, the smoke control system, and trying to figure out you know, all the all the logic. I had to write over 700 logic equations. Oof. To, to make it, you know, turn on fans, but you can't turn on fans until certain dampers are open, certain doors or whatever. I mean, so you're trying to, you know, get the smoke out of the building. So they have exhaust fans on the roof, and you have supply fans down below pushing the air up. You know, we even had to interact with the, do- the front doors to the building. Oh, wow. So we had to open the doors to the front building to get enough air in to... To be able to? To be able to evacuate, you know, get to match the the exhaust. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's...
0: Carpenter, electrical. I mean, fire alarm. You know, you're 30, 30 years in the trade now, uh, fire alarm PM. I mean, really, what, what um, advice do you have to give young folk that wanna get into the trade, you know, what, what is the one thing that you would say, like, hey, um, take, take this as an advice? Um,
1: it, it, find what you want to do. That's, that's, there's there's so many things out there, and like I say, I, I love to learn from other trades. I go out there, I, I'll spend a couple minutes watching a guy do drywall work, because I know, like, you know what, I'm going to have to patch a hole in my wall. You know, at some time, you know, where I'm going to, you know, want to cut something in, you know, how do I patch drywall? Or I'll watch, you know, one of the jobs was watching the guy do wallpaper. Like, how do you match up the seams and make them just right, you know? And I sat there and I even asked the guy, how do you do that? He goes, oh, yeah, it's simple. Let me show you. It, he spent less than a minute. And he goes, here, you just line this up here, line this, fold this up, make one cut. And you're like, oh. Makes sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, you. It, but it seemed like there's something that speaks out to me when you say that, Rob. The willingness to learn, the desire. You know, um, if you could, I'll, I'll. If I could piggyback on what you said, find what you love to do, but have it also like find find that desire. Like, you know that. Yeah,
1: that's that's what it is. is you know you you find something that you want to do. I mean, if and the trades aren't for everybody, but you know if. If you like working with your hands, you know, find something. I mean, there's always something. I mean, if you want to push yourself, yeah, there's you can get more and more technical. I mean, there's guys out there, you know, elevator, uh, you know, mechanics. They make a ton of money, yeah. you know, and different things like that. You know, which
0: financial, which I, I don't like to share any financial. Uh get into the financial thing but it in your 30 years in the trade you've been you've been able to to uh, provide for your family
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and uh, maybe maybe live comfortably and maybe have a good, Retirement plan, maybe, maybe go to maybe maybe, maybe go to maybe, trans, go, maybe go to trans- Transylvania.
1: Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're spending your retirement on travel, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, the, but the
0: trade has been able to offer you and the Hanson's a, a, a good solid living, you know. Yeah, no, and it's
1: uh, you know I will share a, a story. Uh, I try not to get choked up about it, but um, my son was going to drop out of college and he said I'm, I'm done I'm gonna stop going and I'm gonna come home and get a job and you know find it move out and get an apartment and I'm like okay great come come work for the company I'm working at well I'll get you a summer job and this is in Phoenix Arizona and it's you know hot in the summer obviously we're doing we're doing a lot of work in schools uh, during the summer and uh, during the summer the schools turn off their air conditioning, save, conserve energy, money, and stuff, and so it gets hot, and we're remodeling the fire alarm system, and uh, up above a ceiling, a drop ceiling, um, pulling a wire and everything like that, and uh, so the first couple of weeks, my son like, oh, okay, this is this is not bad, you know, and then a few more weeks in, about three or four weeks in, and he's like, yeah, I'm not sure about this, and then, you know, it gets hotter and hotter, and and by like the seventh or eighth week, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm going back to school. And he filled out his own paperwork and went back. And But uh, at the end of the summer, you know, we had a crunch because school had to open. And they weren't waiting on us. So we were working seven days a week, you know, and I was up on ladders, running to, directing the crew here. I need you guys to do this and that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, In circles around some of these younger guys, and I just like, you know. And he goes, How do you do it? You know, how do you do it? I said, You just, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. And so we're working, and then that night, you know, he was tired, exhausted, and then he said, "I, I never realized how hard you work to put food on the table for us. Yeah. And that was like, he, he, you know, after that, he had a much bigger respect, and you know, for money and for understanding, you know, that you know, I wasn't just sitting at a desk, you know, I was for years, you know, running, kind of pulling wires, you know, up and down ladders all day long, yeah. making it happen, and uh, yeah, so then after that, yeah, it was. He, wasn't asking for money anymore. It's like, hey, can we go to the movies? I said, eh, you know, we just can't afford it this week or whatever. He's uh, like, okay, no big deal. Or, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll buy my own lunch today or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's just,
0: you know, I, it's, that story is remarkable, honestly. I think I'm, I'm a little bit more sure of myself, man. Um, you know, because, you know, you fall in love with a tree. And you, you put your life and your soul into it and honestly like so many times um, we, we make it look easy you know you come home and you, and you smile and you, you you hug your significant other and you you're, you're playing with the kids and it's almost like it, it seems like oh man that must be, you know nothing's going on but um, you know I, I have a huge respect hundred percent you're you're right um, for for my for everyone in the trade you know especially, especially you know in, in the hot summer days man you know and, and everyone you know puts in all of their might man and their physical strength to be able to build man you know to be able to um, provide it and, and I'm going to just piggyback off of and say this last thing you know the, the trade has an opportunity for everyone to be able to do what, what you did and what I'm doing for my family. you know if, if you're someone and you're just like, man I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on a crossroad where I don't know what to do or where to go or or what my next move in, pick a trade you know go yeah go you know, the thing the trades are always going to be there. Yeah, pick a trade. We'll joint, you know, put up some drywall, go, go, you know, join the car- carpenter. So do some electrical, hey, get get some fire alarm underneath your belt, and let that be the moment, like your son, that re- reevaluates, you know, and says, like, okay, look, I made some money. I was not, not doing anything, but now I know what I really want to do with my life,
1: you know? Yeah, and he said that's not for him, and that's not for everybody, but, you know. And that's
0: okay. You know, honestly... There's some people that suck, man. And it's like, dude, I don't mean this in a disrespect, any disrespect, but like you're 100 right. Although skill trade is open for everyone, and it's a, it's inclusive to all. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what your background is. We'll take you, ex con. I don't care as long as you don't kiss, kill someone in my job. But if you work, <laughs> <laughs> if you give you eight hours hard to work, man, we'll hire you. But yeah. it's an opportunity for everyone.
1: Um, I, I look back on my life, and I'm—I feel I'm blessed. You know, it's been—you know—roller coaster up and down. You know, as life is. But I—I uh, no, I love to teach. I love
0: to—that's awesome,
1: man. Teach people and train people, and you know, if if they're willing to learn, I'm willing to teach. And I think that's most people that have been in the trade and understand that—that's—that's—they love to pass down their knowledge. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard of people that, like, oh, no, it's job security. Not to do anything, but man, if you get the opportunity, teach somebody. Yeah. And teach them what you know, because I always say, you know what? The more somebody knows about what I do, the easier my life is. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, and that's it. it everything. If yeah, you let people help you.
0: 100% right. You know, for me, it, it's, uh, I have, uh, a lot of, uh, um, Good talent underneath you right now. I'm a lucky man, you know. Um, but the only reason that they follow me is because I keep I keep pouring out whatever little knowledge I have. It's it's all in overlook. And honestly, like if you could do that, you will attract the right type of people as well. If you are a teacher and if you are a mentor, you will attract the people that want to learn, and they will they will con continually. Call you and ask you and 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 you know try to get everything out of, and, uh, and no no sense of competition. It's just hey man, you just got a valuable player and and, and the more they know, they, like I said, the easier your job
1: is. I mean, if they know how to do all the things that you know how to do, then you're not having to micromanage them. You just say yeah. here, can you do this? Oh yeah, I've done that before. Yeah and. You know, they just come to you and and they got a problem. You say, all right, let me show you how
0: to fix that. Yeah. Or if I don't know, you know, I'll find somebody who does. Exactly. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you've been inspired because I know I've been Rob Hanson. Thank you so much. You're welcome being this, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Skill Trade Show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. Thank you.